This is Kelly Clarkson. If you love awesome music, then you also have a soft spot for TV's number one singing competition, The Voice. This season, it'll be bigger and better than ever with Adam Blake, Jennifer Hudson, and the reigning champ, moi. I've won The Voice six times. There is life beyond Blake. I want to be a cowboy. I can do all that too. Your turn, Blake. <laughs> Watch Team Kelly on The Voice. Not to brag, but I am the returning champ. Followed by the premiere of Manifest, tonight on NBC. Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring. And I'm Andrew. And we are super excited to talk with you today. So... Andrew, this is a surprise to you. Um, you know how there's only one dog in the whole world that I love? That's my dog. It is your dog. I'm I thinking know. of getting a dog now. <gasps> like, one like mine? Yeah, one just like yours. I mean, maybe not as expensive as yours, but in the same family as yours. That, oh, then then they can be cousins. No, yeah. Um, so I have a little teeny Italian greyhound. She's super sweet and cuddly. She she does cat things with you, but she does dog things with you. But she's quiet and loving and super sweet. Um, so when I got my dog, though, I took an entire summer off to train her. So you yeah. have to like it takes a lot. It's, well, it's I want to I want to get one that's like, you know, maybe a year old and has been trained. <laughs> Can you do that with human babies, too? <laughs> Oh, I mean, I have, yeah, I started looking, I started looking on the internet yesterday. I mean, that's how serious I am. I looked on the internet. You know, whenever you look <laughs> something up on the internet, that means you're totally serious. <laughs> Did I ever tell you my dog's actual name? Not what I gave her, but oh. she, what she came with. Yeah, it's like 15 words. Yeah, it's Tecaneva Partita Love Song Mascara Cashew. Then I added Beatrix. And then my last name is Porter, which is kind of cheesy. Beatrix Porter instead of Beatrix Potter. Oh, terrible. That's super cute. Yeah. No, she's the best. We'll have to um, post a picture of her so people can see how ridiculously yeah. cute my little dog is. Yeah, we can post a photo on the Instagram, the sex wrap. Look it yeah, up. <laughs> Wait, what are we again? No. <laughs> the sex wrap. Should we say it again? Uh, the sex wrap. Um, okay, what is our question of the day? So something that's been coming up a lot recently, and a question that we got is, why are we still talking about Me Too? Or why are we, why are we still talking about that hashtag, Me Too? And that is such a great question, because it's been going on for already a couple of weeks now. And we've seen lots of people posting about it in all of our social media. And I think that you know, some people start to tire of things very quickly, especially when it's something they don't like reading about, like sexual harassment right. and sexual assault. And for a lot of people, women and men, it's emotionally exhausting to look at these examples that they know are going on in people's lives around them. And instead of us directly addressing it and talking about it and trying to make changes, we, we like to sweep things under the carpet. And I think that's where a lot of this problem comes from in the first place. It's an uncomfortable topic for most people to talk about. Um, and I mean... We're talking about it still because it's a significant issue that the majority of the population is facing on a frequent basis. Yeah. And I mean, not this is across the world. Um, and I think it's it's a problem 
in Western nations, it's even more of a problem in other countries. And for us to let the campaign, you know, kind of dwindle out or, um, or to even just kind of get fatigued by seeing it, it's a problem too. And so I think we have a lot to talk about as why we're still talking about it and then what comes next. And um, I think we might have some listeners who aren't 100% sure about what exactly Me Too is. Yeah. Um, so if you had to like concisely talk about it, what, what, how would you define what the movement is? So Me Too is women sharing stories of sexual assault or sexual harassment that they've experienced to try to show everyone, but specifically men as well, um, what women go through all the time. And it's hashtag me too, because so many men think that they don't know somebody in their life that's experienced something. And by seeing this come up in their feed from so many people, which is actually probably every woman they know, um, it's hoping to actually drive home that point that, you know, it isn't as small of a problem as you think. And I think another thing that's really important is it's come up with so much frequency that a lot of people don't realize that some really innocent seeming things that they do, um, other people perceive as harassment or assault as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I think like the stories have helped highlight the kind of events that happen. Um, and while it was originally for women, um, I, I mean, I deal with a lot of uh, female young women students um, and I talked about it quite a bit. And in my interactions with them, I was convinced that I needed to say something quite loudly as well. So while it's primarily a platform for women, I went and I posted um, my experiences where I've been uh, sexually harassed or assaulted as well. Um, and it's not a huge list. I had to think back over the last, you know, three, four, five years, and I was able to come up with a handful of pretty significant but not earth-shattering kind of situations where either I was made to feel awkward or uncomfortable, where my body was subjectified whenever um, I, I was uh, approached by somebody. And when I told them no or rebuffed, they went and they tried to uh, interfere with my career and friendships. Um, and those are the kind of things, like, I really had to think back over years. And and at the end of whenever I posted by Me Too, I made sure to say that while I do have these memories and these things have happened to me in my male experience, um, I, and it's not supposed to be about comparing, right? But it can't compare to the daily experiences of women, what happens every day. Like, I'm pretty sure if I ask you what has happened to you in the last 24 hours, what, like what comes to mind immediately? If you're willing to share, I realize it can be pretty, uh, yeah. pretty emotional. I mean, I have experienced some um, very significant sexual assaults that I think all of them are significant, but things that have uh, been very serious and really affected my life. And I experience uh, things to a lesser extent every day. Um, and I think a lot of us do. And I experience them several times a day. I mean, if I start at the beginning of my day, when I go out for a run, I get several people yelling at me and talking to me as I run by them in the streets of New York City. Um, I try to get over to the water as fast as I can. So I'm only around other people that are running. But like, as I go through this three or four blocks to get there, um, I will get 
five to 10 people yelling at me on those three to four blocks um, saying, hey, baby, looking good. Let me run with you. I mean, any number of things. Um, and that's as I'm running quickly and have earphones in. And so I can like try to pretend that I don't hear them. So I don't have to respond at least, but it's still uh, very uncomfortable. Um, I mean, as I go through my day, I experience a lot of similar things, you know, as I'm walking to and from places, I experience them on the subway. Um, people just blatantly commenting on my body or asking me out or um, even sitting too close or touching me. Um, it happens at work in ways where people, um, again, will even just comment on something I'm wearing inappropriately. It happens. Uh, I mean, I I can't even I can't even count how many times. And I mean, uh, you asked in the past twenty four hours, and I don't know because I can't keep track because it's it's all the time. I know that I went out to grab lunch right before we recorded, and I had in the half a block I walked, I had two men uh, make me very uncomfortable. One specifically asked me out and then fell in step beside me and kept asking, kept asking, kept asking, even though I said, no, thank you after the first ask. And I then hurried up and like ducked into a store to get away from that. And that's, you know, me walking half a block to get lunch on a sunny day. Right. And it, and it's more than just, I mean, and it's terrible, right? This is uh, spring talking about the little events that have happened over the last 24 hours, and, and I mean little as in small periods of time, not little as in like not worth talking about. Um, and it's crazy. And the thing is, it continues outside of that as well. We see it in the media. Um, whenever we look at people on dating apps or we look at uh, women on social media, they're flooded with the same kind of messages. Um, so when, when someone asks why we're still talking about it, it's because it's all of the time for women, all of the time. It's going on all of the time. And it's one of those times where when you're silent, you're being complicit. And and by complicit, I mean, if you're silent, if you're not standing up against it, it means that you're just kind of letting the behaviors, you're letting the harassment, you're letting those assaults continue. It's, so for me, when I posted, when I talk about it, why I'm still talking about it, why I talk about it every single day is because I want to make a change. I want it to be there and I don't want it to be swept under the carpet like it's been swept under the carpet before because people shouldn't have to have a day like the one that Spring just talked about. Like that should not be anybody's day. Everybody's day should be a day where they get uh, the credit they deserve for being themselves, not being an object of someone else's affection. And affection's the wrong word to use there. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it makes me really upset to actually think through a day and think about all of those things because I block them out as they happen um, because that's how you get through it. Um, I when when some people say things especially crazy, like I'll text a few friends like, oh my God, this guy just said this. And um, I have some friends that are tired of hearing it. And I mean, uh, yeah, and they'll I say do. to me like, why, why this happens to you every day? And I'm like, I know. So I have um, a friend and he's dating a girl and they, I don't want to use any names, but um, she has like, like your situation deals with uh, issues of sexual harassment and sexual assault on a frequent basis. When they're out together, he'll see her 
get catcalled or people will make comments or people will make like make lewd comments about what she's wearing, those kind of things. And he'll get upset by it, right? So he's upset when he sees it happen to her. But then whenever we had a conversation about this Me Too movement or the Me Too hashtag, he's like, well, I don't understand why it's important. And I mean, it's just how I, I'm, I'm thinking, what do we need to do to help people realize like they can see the events happening in their own personal life to people they care about, but then they're having a problem connecting that it happens to women all the time or they don't think it's necessarily serious how can we help how can we help people understand i mean that's the what's the highest amount 64 billion gazillion dollar question <laughs> um because we obviously i don't know money <laughs> um because i think you know we have uh this Thing we call rape culture, which is allowing all of these little things that actually build up to allowing rape to happen in our society. And it is every single little thing. It's the man putting his hand in my lower back as he's walking up the stairs next to me from the train platform who I don't know. Like it is all of these little things where people are touching you without your consent or uh, saying these things to you that actually the the allowances we make for these little behaviors are what allows rape to occur and continue to occur. And that's why we have to say something. And I mean, I don't know how to get that across to people. And I, and I work in this area and I think, um, we try a lot of different things. We try, you know, raising awareness is one of the first steps toward change. And that's what me too is doing. And I know that, I know the purpose behind it, and I, I think it's definitely helped a lot of people understand how, how much sexual harassment and sexual assault is happening. Um, but, it, but there are still people that kind of don't see the relevance, and, um, and it's really tough, like, especially if you're, uh, if that's one of your friends or lovers or partners that, I'm making a face that means I don't know. I mean, and it, it's really tough. And I think um, whenever I'm hit with a question like this, um, I always break it into what's one small thing that I can do every day? Like what's one small thing that everybody can do every day? And whenever we see big movements and big change, it's not usually made with like a giant like there's this giant motion and all of a sudden everything changes. It starts with a, a million people all doing one, one small thing. And I mean, that's what I would urge all of the people who are listening to do. Just, just do one small thing and that's stand up to it. Or if someone tells a joke that uh, is demeaning to women, stand up for it. If you're walking and someone cat calls, you could say that's inappropriate or please stop. Now there's a, there's a underneath all of that. The number one most important thing is be safe. Right. So, and, but I mean, that's the problem. I would argue that most women don't feel like they can say something back because they don't feel safe. I mean, in the instance I gave you of me walking half a block and that man like falling into step and not, not listening when I said no, thank you. 
I felt so uncomfortable and nervous that I like rushed and ducked into a store and I was in the middle of a busy street and it wasn't, I don't think he actually would have held me down or like forced me to do anything in that space, but I was still filled with fear of some type where I didn't feel like I could actually say something to him. And so it, it's really up to people that are around in these situations too, because I think that we a lot of times can't, when it, we are experiencing it, stand up to it. Oh, and right. That's what I mean. The one small thing, I'm not saying if you are the victim of it at the time, I'm saying that if you are in the situation around, if you are a male and your friends at work or school are having those kind of jokes, you can stand up for it right then and there. And it doesn't have to be a huge motion. You just be like, I mean, you can use the what about my sister? What about my mom kind of comments? Like what you're saying, you know, impacts me and the people that I care about. Uh, So, I mean, it's just and it's small changes and small things convincing one person at a time. And I think the movement is great. And I I hope that it keeps going. Um, I know that after I posted my story with my 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 little piece at the end, you know, talking about women, um, I had four of my female friends then send me messages that they posted their stories because they felt empowered by it as well. Um, And there's something about it that is empowering for women. Like you might be exhausted, you might be tired of seeing it. But um, I think the other thing we need to think about in in seeing it is that like it comes up a lot and women are sharing their stories, but we are just scratching the surface, right? Because just like Spring said with her story of what's happened in one day, if every woman was posting all of the things that were happening to her every day where she was being sexually harassed, there would be nothing else for us to read. The entire world would be covered in it. And I think that we need to keep talking about it um, and, and working bit by bit um, to, to make some changes across the board. And um, Well, and the thing that I was actually starting to talk about when I brought up that, you know, uh, sometimes the person experiencing it doesn't feel like they can say something is, I mean, sometimes you can say something, um, you do feel safe enough and, and that's great too. But what I wanted to relate that to is how the people, uh, doing the offending often don't take it seriously when it's coming from the victim, from the person, I don't want to say victim, but it's from the person being harassed. Um, and I mean, they're, is the example going around of the woman who's been taking photos with all of the men who catcall her. And so she'll, after they catcall her, she'll ask them to take a selfie with her for her Instagram of all the people that catcall her. And the faces of all the men are smiling and happy to take a photo with her because they're like, oh, look, now I get to take a photo with this woman that I just catcalled. And they don't even understand, you know, how upset she is. She's not smiling and that she is calling them out on their behavior. And I think that it does take other people around specifically to do it, to help point it out because otherwise someone will say, oh, well, she just didn't like me or she just didn't, uh, like the way I said it or something, but it's, it's obviously still an okay thing for me to do. Right. Well, I mean, a lot of men have grown up in places and times and cultures where it's considered normal, accepted practice in their heads. It's just them being some of them think they're friendly. Some of them. I mean, I don't know a single time where catcalling has ever gotten a man a date. But 
in their heads, they're just like, oh, I'm just being friendly. Oh, I'm complimenting. Um, and I think we have a lot of work to do to let people know that it's not a compliment and it's not being nice and it's not being friendly. Um, what I, whenever I'm talking about it, uh, I usually say, what would happen if the situation was reversed? And the men who were catcalling or whistling or making comments, um, other men were making comments about them. Right. That would be the end of the world. There would be fights in the streets. People would be brawling. Um, and it really comes down to anything that you wouldn't say to someone, to, to a man, you probably shouldn't be saying to a woman in the street either. Right. A stranger is a stranger. It doesn't matter what their sex is. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I think it's really interesting how we we have to gender this to even think about it. And uh, so I saw this meme that probably a lot of people saw where uh, they say that I can count on the no hands the number of times I've heard a woman say having a son taught me how to respect men. And that's a like hearing that is so hilarious because you do hear men say all the time, oh, having a daughter that taught me to respect women. And like you shouldn't have to even relate it to a daughter or a sister. You should be able to recognize how damaging this behavior is without that. And we should be able to recognize it without having to say, oh, would I say that to a man? Um, but but unfortunately, I mean, if that works, great. I mean, I, I would love, I love all the strategies that work. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the, it doesn't matter whenever anyone has any kind of issue and they're like, but your mother, but your sister, I'm like, if that's really what we have to use, you can't just be all people or all women. Like, can't you see that all of them? But hey, sometimes if we can use the back door, wink, wink, ha ha. I shouldn't be making a joke now. That was a but, sex joke, guys. Uh, sex <laughs> joke. Um, so um, I think it's important. Um, we normally have something funny in our period, but I think today it's important that we go in a really different direction. Um, so if you or someone else that you know has been a victim of sexual assault or sexual harassment, if you think they need any kind of help, if you need some strategies for how to stand up for yourself or stand up for other people, you can go um, to rain.org, but that's rain with two N's, R-A-I-N-N. Um, and RAIN is an organization that focuses explicitly on helping reduce and prevent sexual assault and sexual harassment. Um, and they have a great website. They have a phone number if you need to call them, if you or a friend want to call them. It's 1-800-656-HOPE. Uh, and HOPE is 4673. Um, there's also live chat options if you feel more comfortable just talking to someone online. But they have a lot of different ways where you can get some help on learning how to either cope or help someone else as well. They have strategies. And I would just think that we could end this by saying, you know, I think just having a few more conversations. If each person that listens, you know, has one or two more conversations with somebody in their life about why Me Too is important. Like you could talk about some of the things we talked about today or other things that are personally important to you, but keep reaching out because the, that's how we'll start to make a change. Okay. That's the one small thing that you can do is just have a conversation about how you feel about it and, and what we can do. So thanks for listening, everybody. Um, have we, have we, is, do we have, have anything else? 
How? No. How can they? How can they find us? There we go. Um, <laughs> so you can email us at thesexwrap at gmail You can call us at four one three. I wrap it. That's wrap with a W. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Sex Wrap. Whatever you do, wrap us. Bye. Bye, everyone. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too afraid. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.